Welcome to Sermons from St. David's, a ministry of St. David's Episcopal Church in Southfield, Michigan. It's a chance for us to share a good word of challenge, inspiration, and hope as we walk the journey of faith together. You're welcome to join us on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. for live in-person worship. You can also join our 10 a.m. Eucharist via Zoom. Just go to our website for the meeting ID and password at stdavidssf.org. Put the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart. Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Man, oh man, what a mouthful of words today. Big play on our vocabulary. It took me back to being a little dude in the Catholic school system trying to wrap my head around God as a trinity. We even sang a song about it, we still do. The shortened version goes, you know, holy, 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 God in three persons, holy trinity. Like I said, that's the shortened version. Never could wrap my head around it. Or how about this one that we were taught? God always was, is, and shall be. Finally, at the age of 67 and a whole lot of education efforts on my teachers, I understand it pretty good, but it's still difficult to explain to others. I say that because are we truly capable of understanding God? Are we attempting to put God in a box and analyze God and say that, hey, I understand God. I understand the Bible. Theologians have been trying to help us to understand the Trinity for centuries. But here's a word that helps me explain all these things. The word is Trinitarian. And I quote, God exists as three persons, but is one being having a single divine nature. The members of the Trinity are co-equal, pro-eternal, one essence, nature, power, action, and will. That's pretty good explanation. And I'm not trying to cop out. I'm just not sure how capable at times, again, like I said, that we can understand our creator. So, I bow to Father Steve in one of my favorite sayings. He's not here, but I believe so that I can understand. Now, when we look at the canonical Gospels, that's all four of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see that Mark's Gospel, the story of Jesus, starts with him as an adult. Matthew and Luke go back to birth narratives. And now my buddy John. He had to be just a little bit different, and he had to show us that Jesus went all the way back before Genesis and the Hebrew Testaments. You know, those famous words, in the beginning. So thank you, John, for making this such an easy sermon to tackle today. But we'll get through it. I read a commentary about the Gospel of John. There. It combines theology with poetry and use the words poetic prowess, meaning verbal or written language that follows the flow of speech. Well, it took me about a dozen times of reading it, but I, I saw it, I could see it. The first verse, 
It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and with the word was God. This has inspired theologians to write books, Christian music hymns, and great works of art. So I wanted to look at this play on words in our language. First, we have God slash the word. Then we have father and son. Very distinctive in nature, but they're all the same. They are one entity. They are God. Now we can add one more to that list of names that Jesus, and that's the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, three in one. So how did I come about to understand this readings a little bit better? I substituted the word with Jesus. So I'm not trying to rewrite it. I'm just trying to get it through my thick head. So this is the way I read it to myself. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. But we're not here done yet, because now we got to add to this reading the word light, which is Jesus, or God. So the light shines in darkness, so we have Jesus, God, and the light doing battle with darkness, who is Satan. So with my studies over the year and interchanging some of these words, I could wrap my head around this reading finally. It just took a little bit. And it makes total sense to me now, hopefully y'all. To help, I'd like to quote again from another commentary about John. It would be difficult to overstate the importance of this text in shaping Christian conceptions of Jesus's divinity, the incarnation, and the trinity. Indeed, one of John's concerns here is to emphasize Jesus' unmatched transcendence and authority as one who comes from the Father. John presents Jesus here as one being with God. Transcendence. That was about 50 words, so I had to go look that one up. You achieve transcendence when you've gone beyond ordinary limitations or material experiences. The word is often used to describe spiritual or religious state. Now, we go on, we have John the Baptist, you know, Jesus' cousin, who was sent by God to pave the way for Jesus. We know that the Israelites would have had a problem with all John was saying because the Son of God, the Messiah, is this eight-foot warrior capable of defeating anyone or anything and was going to deliver Israel from slavery. They consider Jesus now to be just one of the greatest prophets ever. Now, I know that my Jewish sisters and brothers might take offense with my sermon, but I'm not trying to convert or offend anyone. I'm just discussing Christianity as we see it and not Judaism as they see it, because we all believe in one God. So as John said, he was sent to testify to the light, which we know is Jesus, who is the light and the truth. Because of God's unconditional love for us, 
Jesus became incarnate in human form into a world that is clouded in darkness. Jesus' light will shine through any darkness we might have lived in now or back then. Jesus is the light and the truth, and through Jesus, he will defeat darkness. Now in verse 10, it says, he was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. And then in verse 11, it says, his own did not accept him. Here we have a world where God's chosen people and just about everyone else did not know, recognize, accept, or understand God, the word, Jesus. God had sent the light to enlighten the world for both Jews and Gentiles. And what happened? Just about the whole world to fail to accept Jesus as the Messiah and the messenger of God. Because the world did not understand the message of salvation, they rejected the word and crucified him. But, and I do it in capital letters on my paper here, all this had to happen to fulfill scripture and create Christianity and the church as we know it today. That is why we should not judge the Jews or the Romans because they still, it's easier for much of the world to prefer darkness over light. We live in a world that feels entitled to do, say, or hurt whoever, even to the point of using our Bible to inflict pain to whoever is not like them. What we should be doing is trying to clean up this mess, and it might just start raining if we don't. You remember that dude Noah had that big boat? How does it give us hope? To all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God. In other words, folks, we've just been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I love verse 15. He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. Powerful words showing that John knew a lot more than the rest of the world. He is going back to the Hebrew Testament and Genesis. That Jesus was before time, and we believe that if we do, we receive grace upon grace. Now, that's one of the best promises I've heard in a long time. Finally, in verse 18, it says that no one has ever seen God. I know Moses didn't. He saw a burning bush. Let me ask you all something. When the disciples and the apostles looked into the eyes of Jesus, who and what did they see? I know one day that, uh, and hopefully no time soon, because I just got this towel and I got some work to do before I go somewhere. But, uh, you know, we'll get that chance to look upon our creator. And the words of my favorite Christian band, Mercy Me, but will I be able to see it all? Amen. Thanks so much for listening. 
And may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.